How's it going, everybody? Happy Monday, and welcome back to the second episode of Bay 13. Uh, if you are listening to this on Monday, uh, go ahead and have yourself a good week. Uh, if you're not, I don't know what you're doing. Today we're going to be talking on a few different topics, such as driving, to buying your first car, to finding your project car. Uh, but before we get started on all that, we actually have a question from a listener on the first episode. Uh, this listener wants to know a little bit more on what Bay 13 actually is. Bay 13 is a local bay at a Ford dealership. People who have worked in that bay before usually say it's an unlucky bay. The two people who were working in that bay before me uh, lasted less than a week. I think the first one lasted uh, maybe two, three days, and the last one lasted uh, like four days, almost a week, but not quite. I don't know if it's actually unlucky or if it's just superstition, but either way, it's going okay for me and I haven't had any problems with it so far. Uh, if you guys have any questions you would like answered, go ahead and shoot us a quick email at bay13.wn at gmail.com. And with that being said, let's move on to our first topic we will cover today, which is driving. We all get around to driving at different times, and personally, I think I was a little late to the driving game. I didn't start driving until I was about 19, although I did drive occasionally before that, you know, just uh, very short amounts of time. When I was little, sometimes my parents would let me drive around the loop at Yale Lake at a campground. While it wasn't exactly illegal, what harm can be done from driving less than 10 miles an hour around a camp road for 15 minutes at a time? Kind of after that a little bit, I would occasionally drive Alex's F-250 around the airport when uh, we were trying to diagnose a problem. Technically the airport is private property and we had permission so it was fairly illegal. Uh, the truck I was driving was an automatic and had a shifting problem and so me and Alex were driving around and he was in the engine compartment while I was driving. Not very fast, but he was using a, uh, a hand pump, a vacuum gauge to try and get the truck to shift because it was a vacuum shift truck and while it didn't work out the way we needed it to it was a step in the right direction trying to diagnose this problem. A little while after that I actually went to take my driving test after studying the driving little booklet they give you uh, for a couple months. I think I read that book three or four times and none of it actually really settled in uh, to my brain. I couldn't remember hardly anything from it anymore. Uh, but I took my driving test in a Camry, and it was it was pretty easy. I mean, I've driven a little bit, I understood uh, the basics of driving, what you should and shouldn't do, but I was nervous all the same to be driving with a stranger. And it was my first time driving with somebody I didn't really know, and he didn't speak a lot of English. And so for me, that was tricky because I couldn't ask him many questions because he didn't really understand, or if he did understand, he didn't know how to say them back to me. And it was it was just a really bad experience. Although I didn't pass, I was two points away from passing, and he said if I missed like one more thing, that I wouldn't have been able to get my license at all and I'd have to retest. After I got my license, uh, I started driving the Suburban. My dad said it would be a good idea to drive it, not only because I would have no problems seeing anything and anyone on the road, uh, but also if I got into a crash, it was big and heavy, it wouldn't be crushed or, depending on the crash, any damage at all. While trucks and Suburbans are great things to learn how to drive, uh, they're definitely not the best if you are, you know, a college kid driving 30 miles a day to get to college. They go through fuel like you wouldn't believe. And so that 
made me want to start looking into uh, buying another car which actually brings us into our second topic uh, buying your first car there's a lot of cars out there for sale and you kinda have to be careful which one you decide to buy I would always recommend taking a car that you're considering buying to a dealership for a basic checkup uh, it costs anywhere from 100 to 150 bucks uh, but trust me it's definitely worth it these technicians that will be looking over your car have had a lot of time and experience looking for problems and are best able to tell you if your car has a major problem or is showing signs that there will be a major problem in the future I searched online for a car for quite a long time uh, I wanted to find one that I really really liked and that I know that I would like for a long time I started looking for a couple different cars at first I looked for a couple of Ford Rangers uh, because they're trucks and I, I like to go camping so I figured it could hold at least a bunch of firewood and my tent and a couple bags of food uh, I looked at some Crown Victorious they also have big trunk space so you know hold my tent and all that and I could bring a bunch of people and I figured that if I was driving an old police car uh, nobody would try and cut me off in the middle of the freeway that was kind of my other reasoning for one of those after searching on Craigslist for probably close to three or four months I finally came across an ad to a car that I've never seen before. It was a uh, 1986 Pontiac Fiero uh, for $3,000 with 40,300 miles. And at first I'm thinking, that's really low mileage for such an old car. Why are they only asking 3000 for it? Well, it turns out the lady who owned it, it was her father's and her father handed it down to her. Uh, he since has passed away and she was tired of the memory every time she'd walk into the garage and so she asked her husband to put it up on Craigslist for sale uh, and that's when I came along I think from the time I saw the Craigslist post to the time I had the keys and the title in hand and all the paperwork signed it was about two weeks I didn't take it to a shop or get it looked over because I was super excited and I wanted to drive it home and the car being 30 years old I figured not many people would know what to look for uh, in a car that old or rare. Over the next couple months after I bought it, I kept finding little things wrong with it that needed to be fixed. Um, I changed the way I looked at it to a point where it was beginning to be more of an annoyance than, uh, you know, a car I enjoyed driving. And after a while, I started to uh, accept the fact that it was going to be a project and that it would probably always be a project because it's an old car and things keep falling apart or breaking and that kind of brings us into our third topic, which is project cars. Project cars can be a lot of fun and a huge learning experience and can also be a huge headache at times depending on what you're trying to accomplish. I think it's definitely more than a mindset than anything and you will start to look at your car differently. Uh, the first thing we're going to go over is finding versus buying your first project car. Uh, a project car or your new project car can be a car that you already own I decided to take a car that I already owned and turn it into my project car. So for me that was pretty easy. I already had the car and I knew what I wanted to do with it. From there I made a plan. The second option is you can go buy a project car. Typically project cars, when you buy them, you're looking for potential rather than if it works right now. If it works right now, that's great. And it's going to be a lot easier for you down the road. But if it doesn't, you're going to have a lot more fun trying to fix it, but also going to have a lot more headaches as well. You also kind of have to understand that if you buy a car that's so strange and kind of out there, uh, you're going to get a lot of criticism. You're going to get a lot of love from the people who really like these cars. 
you're also going to get a lot of hate from people that don't understand why you like these cars or that they don't like these cars themselves. A Fiero is kind of a car that you either love it or hate it. I love it. I really do. I think they're cool cars and a lot of people don't really think so. There was a lot of bad hype on Fieros catching a fire back in the day when they were made, uh, but that has since been fixed and is no longer a problem. I don't really care what other people think, I just know that it's not finished and that when it is finished I'm going to love it even more than I do now. If your project car runs and drives fine and all you're really doing is interior work, it can be a lot of fun and sometimes can only take an afternoon or two depending on what you're trying to do. In my Fiero, I had to rewire and install new speakers and a head unit. One thing I'm going to say is don't get discouraged if you're doing interior work and you break a few trim clips. I've broken way more than I can count both at home and at the dealership. And sometimes these clips are only meant to be used once and are usually pretty fragile. Uh, you can always buy interior trim tools at, I think Harbor Freight has them and I know Amazon has them. I'll put a link in the description where you can purchase these tools. They do cost a little bit more than I'd like them to, but I use them all the time in Bay 13. Splicing wires, if you're not familiar, can be a pretty scary thing for some. And it's really not as hard as it looks. While you can get by with a pair of diagonal cutters and a few crimp connectors if you're careful, uh, most people aren't that good, and I would recommend purchasing some wire strippers with a crimp section on the end. Uh, you can usually pick these up from just about anywhere for pretty cheap. Uh, if worse comes to worst, there's always YouTube tutorials that will help you out in a pinch. I know when I started, I looked at way more YouTube videos than anything else. If your car looks pretty good and it's a more in-depth problem, like an engine problem or a drivability problem, you should look into doing a lot of research and be prepared to have your car sit for a few days to a few weeks depending on your skill level and what the problem is. Things do not always go the way you want them to, and so have a backup plan. I rely on my project car as a daily driver because mostly what I'm doing is cosmetic, but if what you're doing is like an engine performance thing, I definitely wouldn't recommend having your project car as your daily driver. If it does take a little while, do not get discouraged. Everything is learning experience. Also one thing to keep in mind when you're going to buy your project car is how difficult it's going to be to find parts. Most parts are easy to find for most vehicles until you start getting back in time. My car's uh, from 1986, so it's over 30 years old, and parts are getting harder and harder to find every year. If your project car is even older than mine, like you're working on a 74 Continental, parts are gonna be extremely hard to find, and you could be waiting a long time for a part that you want to show up. For Fieros, it's not actually that bad right now. The popularity of Fieros comes and goes every couple years. Uh, sometimes they'll be really popular and other times they won't be as popular. Uh, a lot of Fieros are sold in the winter just because they're usually summer cars and they're a lot of fun to drive in the summer and they really should be garaged in the winter. Uh, the FieroStore.com has most parts for Fieros and I believe right now from there you're able to order a catalog with all the parts you'll need and I think that catalog is also free. When you finally do find a car that you buy and whether it be a Volkswagen or a Jeep or a Pontiac or a Chevy or a Ford or whatever you buy, there will always be different car communities that comes with it. I know that Volkswagen have different communities or groups for their bugs, their wagons and Jettas, as well as all the other ones pretty much out there. A Jeep has 
communities surrounding the Wranglers, and the Cherokees, and the Comanches. Even Pontiac has the Fierro Club. They have IROC clubs. My recommendation would be to go find a couple of these clubs or communities and kind of make your way into it. Talking to these people is a great way to make friends with new people. And it's also a good chance to ask them a lot of questions on what they did to their project if you're not quite sure what you want to do with yours. Uh, for Fierros, you can go typically on Penox Fierro Forum. That's P-E-N-N-O-C-K-S, Fierro Forum. There's not typically a lot of people there anymore. And if there are, they're usually pretty spread out. Uh, you can go to Worldwide Fierro on Facebook. And that's a good place. Usually, uh, the main group on there is the Washington group. There's also the USFA, which is the United States Fierro Association. That's kind of a cool group, too, that talks to everybody that has a Fierro. Not only can you join these groups to talk to a lot of cool people, but there's also a lot of car shows that you can go to to talk to these people as well. I know for sure in uh, downtown Portland, every Saturday, I think, is Red Door Meet. Uh, Red Door Meet is kind of a cool place. You park downtown on the little side streets under the bridge. It's huge. There's hundreds of people. You park and go look at other people's cars. And there's people driving up and down the middle. And you can always take a lot of pictures. And it's actually kind of a cool place just to go and spend some time. There's a bunch of vendors there that sell food. And I think you can buy t-shirts every once in a while. But I think the main point I'm trying to make here is when you do find a project car you want to work on, kind of get surrounded by that community and ask questions and people are usually more than willing to help because chances are somebody's helped them and they've been in your shoes already. Let us know if you have any funny stories or questions about learning to drive or buying a car and if you did manage to find a project car we'd love to hear what you plan to do with it. Message us about it at bay13.wn at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't want to send us an email you can always message us at bay13 on Facebook. And as always, our Facebook page and email will be listed in the description. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us at Bay13 on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook at Bay13. And that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you here next week in Bay13.